Hello and welcome to Box Cutters episode 205. It's what happens when you travel through time. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, John Richards. Hello, listener. And to my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. That's all I got. That's it. That's no, the show. No, no, there must be more. No, no, I'm just. Surely. I'm looking, I'm looking at the running order and I'm going. Yeah, that bit's good, but that bit... I mean, traditionally we do news. Well, yeah. And, 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 yeah, we often review something. Sure. Like, yeah, Melrose Place, for yeah, example. Maybe we'll so, review, I mean, off the top of my head. Maybe we'll review Melrose Place. The remake of Melrose Place. Maybe, 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 we'll, maybe we'll have some letters to box cutters. Do you often think? we have a guest as well. Oh, um, do we do we have one of those? We could week? we could get Adam Christo in. Oh, know, that's a good idea. Broadcaster he's, and pop culture. He's expert. been looking into a, a very weird corner of television. Yeah, really weird. This uprise of of uprise. I don't know that's the right word. Um, of porn films based on TV shows, which so, seems to be everywhere. So if moment. if we can get him in to talk about that, yeah, and then do. Uh, the, the review of Melrose Place, yeah. like you said, and then maybe I some letters, some letters, yeah. and then uh, no, it's not, and then uh, oh, you know, we could do one thing, and yeah. then and then pork. Yeah, yeah. Then I, I, that's yeah. pretty much a show. I'd isn't stick it? around for that. I feel I feel good about that. Okay, let's do that. Well, why don't we uh, kick things off with the box cutters news? Channel 7 and TiVo have announced that uh, 7 will be the first on free-to-air television to have interactive ads. What's an interactive ad then, pray tell? Well, on Fox Hill, I know everyone's so sick of me talking about Thursday. <laughs> on, uh, on modern remote controls, you have four buttons down the bottom, uh, red, yellow, green, blue. Mm-hmm. And an interactive ad will say, uh, press this colour now to find out more about this. Oh, okay. Because, yes, being an interactive ad was just pressing the skip ad button, I thought would be the interactive bit. But this is like that thing in England. If you've ever lived in England for a while and watched the BBC and everything is, but he pressed the red button now. Yes, press the red button The now. BBC is obsessed with pressing the red button. I, I've always thought interactive ads were, uh, here's something that you might like to go- buy. Oh, yes, I'll go and buy that. Yeah, interactive would be what? You know, choose the ending for the ad. Change the dress on the model. It seems, what what could you interact with? It really is just press the button now. But nobody on free-to-air television has that as yet. So what's Seven saying they're going to do when you press the button? What will be the the interactivity? Uh, Promotions. Just just some promotions. Go to the website and see more ads. Go to the website and buy the product. I mean, that would at least seem useful. If if watching a uh, so so they don't actually have a product. Are they sounding excited about this announcement? No, they're not. Uh, they, they don't actually have a product uh, relationship. So so they're not saying, oh well, if you really like Cousin Soap, uh, then you'd be able to press the red button and get free Cousin Soap sent to your house. Because that would be useful. Because that, that would be useful. No, instead, uh, if they've got a, a show that's coming up after, it's going to be launched during, I think, the tennis during the uh, Australian Open. Oh, like uh, those freaking KFC ads in the crowd shots. Yeah, they were annoying. They were. The, uh, so, so they, I, can't, I can't imagine anything more annoying than interactive freaking ads. So, so they're going to so say, uh, uh, new episodes of Joey coming up after the, the Australian Open, and you could press the red button to set it to series record then and there. 
To make that's, it stop, I thought you were say, but no, it's that's okay. uh that's 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 the they don't give the Joey example, they just give a show. If there was a show that you wanted to watch on seven Well that was a highly exciting piece of news. Cropley, have you got anything better? Um, no. Essentially, the uh, the Nine Network may be in a little bit of strife, uh, especially in relation to their 60 Minutes program, because they are yet to put in a bid for the rights to uh, the 60 Minutes content that comes from the US's CBS network, and it's looking like Channel 7 are keen to get those 25 stories per year uh, that uh, Nine have been using since 10 bought the overall CBS rights for this country um, so that Seven can put them into their Sunday Sunday night night program. But would would they go in the Sunday night program? Which means 60 Minutes stories are going to be on Sunday night, if that... But would they go in as 60 Minutes stories? Like, would they actually have, like, the the ticking and everything and the whole... Would they, would they be branded as 60-minute oh, stories? I, I, I'm guessing it would be the same as when we get uh, BBC or Channel 4 stories as part of Four Corners. So, so they have really a local branded. introducer. And, okay. So, yeah. so it, wouldn't, it wouldn't, like, you know, I mean, you wouldn't be 60 minutes, wouldn't have a, a gap of 12 minutes at each show where they'd just have to sit around, you know, playing Sudoku or something. On 60 minutes? Yeah, on, on, on the Channel 9. Channel 9, yeah. possibly, because they won't have those 25 stories that they have had uh, so, over so, the last couple of so years. So Channel 7 are going to be lucky enough to have Andy Rooney talking about fruit. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's right. Because that was a very, very exciting story. Uh, the uh, Have you, either of you, are either of you primary school girls? Not lately. I have been. Right. I tried it, yeah. I, I now feel awkward, but... Uh, there, there is a phenomenon amongst uh, primary school girls, a series of books called Go Girl. Mm. Yeah. Go Girl books. Uh, there are four of those. They started in 2005. They're going to be made into a, uh, a series of 26 half-hour episodes, uh, live action, uh, exploring the real world and emotional lives of early primary school-aged girls. And it's going to be made by uh, uh, production house Westside Film and Television, who already makes Snake Tales and Holly's Heroes. And what's the story of Go Girl? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Remember, follow-up questions are never good on the box cutters <laughs> news. No, but it doesn't. It doesn't actually say. Well, uh, it, it's the 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 article that I got mm-hmm. is written like you understand exactly what Go Girl is, like it's Harry Potter or something. Oh, okay. Like it's like some kind of worldwide. It's phenomenon. a phenomenon we're all aware of. It's it's imagine if you had never heard of Twilight, mm-hmm. you'd go, well, how does it get from uh, dusk to night? Right. <laughs> And we're supposed to say, oh, it's glittery abstinence vampires. You go, no, no, really, what's really, it about? Really, what's it about? Uh, so, what is yeah, it? It's glittery abstinence vampires? Yeah, that's... Glittery abstinence vampires. Really? That's, that's, that's yeah. what it is. Uh, so I don't know what Go Girl uh, is, is about other than uh, schoolgirls seem to love it. And there is an exclamation mark, I see. There, the there is. It's Go Girl! So that's going to be a series. Yeah. Okay. Cropley, your turn. So exclamation mark after the girl or after the girl? After girl. the girl. It's not an ad for that's Channel 9. Go girl. Yeah. Uh, in uh, further, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, smooth, crumbly, smooth. I was, I was, I'm still flummoxed a little bit at the lack of information about what Go Girl is. Is it being produced in this country? Yes, this is an Australian production. Yeah, yeah, an Australian, an Australian production. Do I know anybody that's going to be in it? John, really? John, John will be playing uh, eight-year-old Tamsin and Roxy Hart. Oh, nice! I'm very good. That's that's excellent. <laughs> so it's a musical. It is now. <laughs> <laughs> it's, 
Anyway, it's really he's on board. In, in other nightmare scenarios, <laughs> Akbar. <laughs> You're like our very own Ethel Merman. I know. Have I know. found. I've got to say, I, th- I think it is a slow news week. I mean, I've got nothing, yeah, which makes it very slow. slow but but I am right in thinking it's a slow news week, though. Yes. I don't, looking at these stories, I'm thinking this isn't quite as hard-hitting as we would normally be Apparently, Tiger Woods was uh, in, in a car accident in his driveway. Tiger Woods' mum came into the theatre the other night. Ah, oh, Yeah, she? yeah. That's and it. Just, and That's the say, story. I met Tiger Woods' And did mum. you say, no, you can't buy tickets here. You have to go to the other door. <laughs> no, no, what I, what I said was, it was lovely to meet you. And then after she, went, she left, I said, who was that? Because I, I didn't know. Yeah, crazy famous anecdotes. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. That's great. Right. Acma. And its uh, massive power are going to obviously just find Channel 9 into the dark ages. I had a big week. Having uh, found that Channel 9 Sydney, TCN Channel 9, breached uh, the industry code of practice by broadcasting a promotion for the series Underbelly a Sale of Two a tale of two cities. <laughs> yes, it's easy to do. <laughs> In a G viewing type, it depicted the menacing use of a gun and had been incorrectly classified as G for general by the licensee. Uh, they found that uh, that, sh- that content shouldn't have been in the G time zone. And also they uh, failed to provide a response to uh, the complainant that went to the, the trouble of writing into the station uh, within the 30 working days. And uh, also the response ultimately sent to the complainant was not substantive. They, they kind of said, yeah, whatever. whatever. Did you say yeah, 30 so, working so days? Is that actually the... 30 working days. Which because is, that's quite that's long. That's six, six weeks. That's, yeah, that seems a ludicrous amount of time to be allowed to yeah. not respond. And that's, that's six weeks if there aren't any the holidays, holidays in, in that six weeks. Yeah. And then is it is it... Working days in that state, or is it federal working days? It's, it's not very specific either. No, it's a bit vague. No, particularly. So, so, so what if TCN had- have accepted the three breach findings? Uh, the Nine Network has now implemented new classification procedures and uh, reviewed its complaints handling processes, which apparently is enough for ACMA. Oh, so, so what have ACMA done? That's that is, it. is it? Just okay. That's it. Right. Yeah. Ackman, you terrify me. Uh, in uh, in other uh, in other Ackman news, because it has been a big week for Ackman, uh, really just jumping onto a a story and and just and just going, yes, yes, this is something we must investigate now, now. Ackman squad, in October, Alert. T- in, in October two thousand and seven. Channel seven, nine, and ten uh, showed security camera footage of a person being arrested. Uh, ACMA says that the three commercial news networks used the video in a way that linked it to Sudanese gangs, Melbourne Southeast, even though the video did not show a Sudanese person being arrested. I am reading this directly from abc.net.ie. Yes. Uh, and, and the watchdog found that uh, it breached the commercial television code of practice. And did what? At which point does it become racial vilification, which uh, breaks a whole set of other legislation? Uh, at the point that they actually get prosecuted for that <laughs> successfully. Uh, the media authority says, despite three previous breaches of accuracy standards since 2005, it has found no evidence of systematic inaccuracy in news reporting by Melbourne's commercial news networks. So essentially, uh, yes, they did something wrong. But it's not enough. It's not enough for us to actually do something. Plus, it was two years ago. Who remembers? That's what Ackman's saying. Yeah. The other thing that they've done... Uh, Just get over it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bleeding only, hearts. It's only television. That's what Ackman said. Uh, 
<laughs> Mumbrella says that uh, Ostar has uh, has been censured by Media Watchdog over the broadcast of a reality TV show set inside a legal American brothel. Uh, apparently, there were two episodes of a program called Cat House, Never Too Late, and Superstars. With the, uh, they aired on Showtime, contained sexual content and nudity that rated higher than the MA15 plus classification. I'm guessing if that happened on Ostar, then wouldn't it also have happened on Foxtel and any other provider that shows Showtime? Only Ostar is mentioned in this. Uh, but, you know, Ostar... It was on the Showtime channel. It was on Showtime channel. Ostar, quaking. Quaking in their pay TV boots. Maybe maybe on uh, on Foxtel it was on Ovation, and that's why that's going away. Mm. Well, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll get I'll get to that. Uh, they uh, they they're going to have to review classification of all episodes of Cat House before going to air. Look out, Agma Squad! I know. Flushing down the toilet. I know. It's, I'm, I'm just I, I am continually amused <laughs> amused by by Agma. I, I do find them very funny. But yes, Foxtel and Ostar are dumping Ovation. As, uh, as a channel. They've signed with SBS to launch a new arts channel next year. And so long-running Ovation arts channel, which I don't know anyone who actually has Foxtel who can actually get... People who have the entire package. Really? I don't think they can get Ovation. It's weird. It's weird. You'd think... Are they wondering why people weren't watching it? Probably. It's a fake ghost channel. They had some good stuff on it. Yeah. I used to really like Ovation. It's a front for international money laundering. But now we're just going to get SBS showing arts. It is. <laughs> is it? No. Is it? <laughs> no. Sorry if anyone's legal listening. But that was, yeah, yeah, thanks. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe ACMA will come and, and tell you only talk about money laundering when it's actually true. Because they are still around and they could still sue us. Yeah. At this point. No uh, money laundering. No money laundering. Uh, so, so I really like the idea that uh, SBS are going to uh, have an arts channel where they can show more episodes of Top Gear, but talk about the paint jobs on the cars. That's art, surely. Sure. Oh, but look at the side of the Sandman. SBS have lost the rights to Top Gear. So if they're starting that next year, they're not going to be able to do Top Gear. Ah. And that is the box cutters news. And that's my bit. And that... <laughs> is the Box Cutters News. Box Cutters. Jungle drums. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brett's doing audio narration for those who can't watch the... Uh, <laughs> no, to switch on audio navigation, <laughs> press enter now. Where are those drums from? I, I probably is the it tar- an old Tarzan probably the, it's is the start it? it's the start of the Tarzan theme uh the 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 1970s 80s Tarzan uh that was uh, that had those excellent with jungle Brendan drums. Fraser no 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 you're you're thinking of George of the Jungle the movie or <laughs> Monkey Bone <laughs> was it the Tarzan show but it was uh, little lord Fauntleroy or something Greystoke Stain no, that's Stinch. that's 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 a movie. This was a TV show. You'll never guess what it was called. Tarzan. Yes. Really? Yes. That, yes. That had been done already with Brendan Fraser. No, <laughs> not with Brendan Fraser. Hey, you he know was what? A much better Tarzan. You know what? You're being rude to our 
guest segment <laughs> presenter. He should uh, become a, used to it, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? Well, I, I'm very happy to, to have him here. Hey, I'm happy. <laughs> I'm I'm happy to have him here. I don't know about you, Brie, you, you, with your false enthusiasm. But I'm Adam, excited. Adam Christou is a, uh, a, a, a radio presenter at 3RRR and, uh, and a, a, a content creator of all kinds, an expert on many things and a big fan of puns, which I think is what brings him here to speak to us today because, and with, uh, with, with fair warning to those with uh, sensitive ears, John. Yeah. I do have sensitivity. We are going to be speaking about porn films. We're just talking about porn, and I'm just saying some people do have ideological problems with porn, and I think that is absolutely fine. And you might want to tune your ears out. But it's only if you're watching the video podcast where we'll be showing. You won't see the porn, but I'm just saying some people do have a problem with porn, and since we are probably going to end up mocking porn in a very light-hearted manner for the next 15 minutes or so, just you know, which which is also to, to say if you're a big fan of porn. You'll probably be offended. We are going to be mocking porn. Yeah. Also, thank a you for bit. the introduction. I feel uh, very flattered. Oh yeah, so sorry. And Adam, you can talk now. Oh, yeah, thank yeah. you, thank you. I was, I was hoping we'd keep talking about, uh, you know, Brendan Fraser and the various things that he's done over mm-hmm. the years and like his, his spanning bones. career. Yeah, yeah. Or well, that one where where he was locked in a, a bunker. Uh, until he was an adult. Oh, uh, so we said Christopher Walken oh. is de- as he's dead. Yeah, gods and monsters. That's the one. <laughs> <laughs> it's a fact. Last from the past. <laughs> anyway, Adam, I believe you're here to talk about porn. I am. It's, a, it's but porn and puns, though, isn't it? There, there is, is a bit of puns. I okay. think you, you can't do porn without puns. They sort of go hand in hand. I've, I've seen people try. Let's go one It'd step be back. Quite disappointing for those who are thinking, I remember this being a podcast about television. Why are you here to talk about porn? Okay, well, it, it's stu- I'm, I'm because a bit we of all a- we all just got bored, John. <laughs> we all got bored. We've switched over. Okay, well, uh, I'm a, I'm a bit of a pop culture junkie. Uh, I I kind of like to keep my hand a, a trend of what's going on in the world of pop culture. And in the past uh, year or two, there's been kind of an increase in uh, trailers going up on YouTube and becoming viral videos of parodies of sitcoms turned into pornography films. So it, it it started. Is is is, is there is, is it a good idea for films of sex to go viral? I don't. Know. I, it's obviously publicity. I mean, John, the f- John got it. He's just oh, making a dirty oh, joke. Making a dirty this joke. This is the problem. So you're going to go and actually try and tell us stuff, and he's just going to keep making dirty jokes. No, trying to bring it back to the education on STDs. <laughs> yeah, safe sex practices. It sounds like boobs. <laughs> it sounds like boobs. Now, the online stuff, uh, was it a couple of years ago that uh, they started, re- there was there was a series released with, which was a porn series, but without the sex bits? Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that's been happening with all this stuff as well, is because not only are they doing parodies, but they're also releasing versions of their porn parodies without the sex, so yeah. it's just the jokes and the humour. Oh, that's good. So, they've, they've got high production values as well, they try to recreate the sets of the, the shows that they're doing, get actors that look like them, and kind of try and write scripts that you would see in these traditional shows. So, there's like mad TV sketches with... Porno. With actual in, in the middle real of porn them. in them, like actual sex. Pretty much. That's that's basically the thing. And it's interesting because these sorts of things have been going on for a long time. If you go back to the 90s, you can find uh, a version of Twin Peaks called Twin Cheeks. Um, so it's, See it's, what they did there? See, Canal? It's great, isn't it? It's a pun. Cheeks. Sounds like peaks. Yeah, but what, they're just on your face. Like what's... 
And it has been a long-standing thing, uh, especially with movies, uh, such as Saving Ryan's Privates. Yes, that is a very good one. There was also a Shaving Ryan's Shaving Ryan's Privates, uh, Bareback Mountain, um, uh, Dust Boot. That one's great because they didn't change the name. They just called (laughs) it Dust Boot. (laughs) Sorry, go on. (laughs) Oh, we're we're on a weird tangent uh, (laughs) John's Collection. (laughs) I've seen them in a shop. Uh, we, no, I, that, no, that's not good. I got told about them by a friend. I worked <laughs> in a I, shop. In I worked. Shop. I worked in a video store uh, back, back when I was uh, sixteen, seventeen, and uh, and one came out at, at around that time, which was so cleverly entitled "Edward Penis Hands." <laughs> And uh, they're not really trying. But this is the thing, because the film parody titles, we're all kind of yeah, aware these have been around for ages, but this TV thing is not just taking the title, it's actually... Taking the whole show. And the premise of the show, the jokes, the humour. Because there, there was also uh, Sex Trek, which I, 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 I always thought would have been better called Star Sex, because sex sounds more like Trek. Then well, the, the new titles, though, because I mean, they were, they're, like you're saying, there's been a few of these ones. Yeah, they're not viral. actually changing the They're not the changing titles. the name at all now. They're, so they're, just, not- they're just calling them things like 30 Rock. Yeah, I mean, there, there's two production houses that are doing most of it. One is Hustler, and they started when they did a Britney Spears parody back in 2006 called Britney Rears. Uh, I, can't, I can't talk about this without kind of laughing because no, of the puns. Fair but, um, so Britney Rears sold really well. So then they started this sort of, they, they kind of cottoned on to the idea that people liked parodies. So they created Not the Brady's triple x and so the not the sort of thing is how they kind of do their shows now mm-hmm. that was such a, such a success it kind of rejuvenated the entire porn industry which has been dying basically due to the internet it's like print journalism but somehow not as no it's about oh, the so same credible dirtier than i changed my mind going yeah about the same so and the so the, the big the the uh the, the big, the big porn, porn producers have been uh, have losing, been losing mar- market market share because of uh, independent niche producers. No, no, downloads. Downloads in the internet, oh, pretty so, much. So you porn. Illegal yeah, downloads, you though? Or, look or, it online. And, yeah, or, yeah, is but, it, or, or is just it people, people at home filming with a, themselves with and a flip video. And pretty much the up. flip video thing. So okay. they so, did the Bradys. So 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 also, so Gonzo came up. Gonzo porn. The, mm-hmm. the, exactly the same thing that we're doing here on this show by producing an independent, uh, independent niche show you're killing the porn industry right now. that's that's exactly yeah. the sort of thing that killed the porn industry yeah pretty much so so is the attempt then i mean look, is this trying to sell porn to people who don't buy porn or is it yeah to- i mean they're, they're cashing in on the audience of that show so if you're a friends fan and you see this trailer of oh my god these people look like friends they might have sex you're a young college person you'll probably buy it for a laugh and that's their hope that they're making this money from sort of the original fans of the show, as well as porn people, I suppose. So, so, so the sex is just secondary, really, to the For the, the most the part, yes. And you've got the producers sitting around saying that they feel like they're making sitcoms, not porn, that they're in it for the entertainment, not the pornography. So from the producing standpoint, they're looking at it as though they're making like a three-hour tally movie that has a lot of sex. So does that mean they've actually got people who look like famous people who can act, who are willing to have sex on camera? I, I would say the can act part is is a bit of a stretch. Um, so you've you, you've you've brought in a, a clip for us to to help explain this concept. Yeah, I mean the way that these shows these these pawns are getting successful is they make 
trailers which go onto YouTube and then get linked on everyone's Facebook pages. They're all G-rated and they're edited to look exactly like the show. So for the example with the Scrubs trailer, you have the JD character walking around his internal monologue talking about relationships and girls, except that it's under the pretense that it's a porn. With the 30 Rock one that I've brought in, they sort of highlight the fact that it's like an episode of 30 Rock, except everyone's having sex. Right. Listen, I want this sketch comedy show to be fresh, Lyman. Don't you want the show to be fresh? I want to have a midget in a clown outfit fighting a large dog with nunchucks. For all you white people, thank you for making me so rich. See this chain? It was Dracula's. Great Scott Marty, we've got to go black to the future. Holy shit! Your doctor called. It's a small vibrating rubber toy that must have got stuck in your vagina. Oops! Oh, don't worry about that. How'd you get into this business? Oh, when I was a little girl, I had this dog named Rafi. You know, Fred, a great sex sketch featuring an attractive blonde could push said blonde into the limelight. The ratings for your show are through the roof. And all because you stuck your ass out for the team. And my boobies are all over television, sir. Meet me, Mop Mop. I'm a black robot, motherfucker. And, and so that's just called 30 Rock a Triple X parody. Pretty much. The, um, I'm going to say that, that joke about this chain that was Dracula's was actually that's probably a good, a good enough joke to be joke. in 30 Rock. Yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was weird. And that is quite a good Alec Baldwin. That that I know, it's, it's a great porn version of Alec Baldwin, I suppose. I, I assume he would be happy with, with that version of him. I, I have no idea. And of course, unless you're watching the video podcast, you couldn't see the pictures that we were just looking at. But I mean, it, it is, like, you wouldn't even necessarily but guess it, it was it, a porn But it is available video. on YouTube, you said. Yeah. It's, oh, well, the trailer is. The trailer, you have to, yeah. to buy the DVD. But um, it is. It I don't is, have to do anything. It does I look. I think you want to. They've tried their best to make it look like Thirty Rock, and it does look quite like the, 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 the people, set. The set is very yeah, is very similar. The people generally look pretty close, except for the appalling Baldwing on the uh, Hornburger. Uh, um, yeah, and, poor Pete got no justice there. No. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's a terrible sound quality. That's that's yeah, terrible sound recording. Giving that sort of Channel Thirty One kind of. Yeah, I mean, it it doesn't have the budget of an actual television show, but it's, they've kind of gone to the effort to, to replicate the sets as best as they can. This is what I don't get, though. So we're, we're basically thinking this is now porn being sold to people who aren't necessarily buying it for porn. They're buying it to, to go, ha ha, look, it's a 30 Rock porn. Pretty much. And they've, they've been doing the same thing with political pornography. There was the Sarah Palin porn that came out last year. It's it's a weird aberration in, in the world of pop culture. And the whole thing has been circ has been basically about sitcoms at the moment, but now they're branching out to sci-fi and to drama. So you've got Dexter Triple X, which and is... Um, and it's strangely weird. got echoes of 30 Rock with uh, the, the porno video game. Yeah, cause mm. the, the, yeah, yeah, there was a, a porno video game in, uh, in, in 30 Rock. And similarly, in, uh, uh, I mean, Californication had uh, a porn film inside the, uh, the, the show called Vagina Town. And also it's quite like gratuitous nudity in it. Californication. It's not gratuitous. Yes. Yes, it does. 
It's, it's pretty. I, I saw Mulder without his shirt off. I, I wasn't okay now, with that. Now you said you actually watched the the X Files. Paul, yeah, is I, that right? I, I sat down and watched the Sex Files, fast forwarding through the sex sequences. Really? Which is, they, they called it the Sex Files. It was. It was, they, it was I would the have done the, tri- the triple the X, X, X Files. Files. Yeah, I think that would have been my choice. Sex too. Files is just so more now expected. <laughs> And I guess you just want to be obvious when you're doing a porn parody. So You don't want to challenge people too much. So, yeah, so tell us about The Sex Files. Well, it was kind of like watching a really bad episode of The X-Files that had about eight minutes of story and then lots of excuses for Gillian Anderson's character to kind of sleep around with, you know, whoever she was interviewing and that sort of stuff. And Mulder's sister comes back. And it's, it's all quite weird. But, um, did they look like Mulder and Scully? Did, did it feel? Did it have a right, yeah, maison scene? Did it have they the- tried to do the sort of slow burn, not their romance with the two of them. It was they were trying to shoot it like the X Files, so they were going out to locations and checking out scary sort of fields and night, and then having sex in their car. But um, it, it, it was it was really weird to watch because I find myself kind of fast forwarding it for the story's sake. And I'm wondering, well, then why have you made a porn at all? Because well, no one's really watching it like a porn. And I can't well, see how anyone could. Because I, I think if it was just a parody film, if it was just a, a very bad parody film, no one would buy it. Uh, and all all they know how to do at Hustler. And I, I, you said there were two two major companies doing this. Who's, who's the the other one was the one we watched that did the, the 30 Rock production. And I've... Completely forgotten. New them, Sensation? Right? New Sensations, that's the one. So, so they did you know, the Office one, which was huge last year, where they um, replaced the uh, the main boss in the office that's played by... I Steve think, Carell. Steve Carell with a woman who's a blonde ditz that sleeps with everyone in the office. But the whole point of the Office parody was that they were all kind of doing head face-to-camera pieces, and it was shot in a doco style, and but it was a porn. So they have, like, a, a sex scene going on and, and Jim in the background kind of looking at camera? Yeah, they had stuff like that happening. Yeah. And um, so they did that. They did the Scrubs one as well, which was like an episode of Scrubs. So it wasn't really funny. And you were saying this basically is the, the, the porn industry, which has been a yeah, massive money-making thing for so long, is just so desperate. Like This is just an attempt to do anything. Yeah, it's the new gold rush, as they call it in porn. But, but really? Yeah, that's, that's, I, I did some research. There's some interviews with people from Hustler, and that's kind of the term they've called it because it's been a boom. So they're capitalizing on any sort of successful thing that's happening in television or movies at the moment to sort of make parodies and sort of sell them as, as funny sort of things through the internet. Or That's why there's a Saved by the Bell one, because who really wants to see Screech sleep with anyone? So, so well, was- I've seen that type. Yeah, because yeah, can't you actually? That's the weird thing. Cause you can actually, you can actually see Screech sleep with someone. Well, apparently, no, apparently, I, out of all possibly, the people, to yeah. have a sex tape, I know there I, is some there is some contro- controversy over whose penis it is, but it is actually like a, a real porn tape with Screech. Him holding a camera in it. it. Yeah, yeah, Dustin Diamond. Dustin Diamond. He's not actually in character. No, well, yeah. So we're told. I, I forgot that the real Screech did like sleazy porn. For a minute, that was that was something I repressed. But that is apparently a fake a fake tape that but he the, released to try and revive his career. Which didn't is, really work, I imagine. Well, I, he should what? have stuck to the how to play chess videos that in, he was doing. In your research, have you found out uh, anything about w- what the actual TV show producers think about these things? I, I mean, do, do they love them? Do they well, think it's absolutely hilarious? Do they get cast and crew together for a screening? Or, or do they just go, oh my God, that's horrible? I know that the people, I know Fox wanted to sue the X-Files people. I know that was, um, but due to parody laws and various other things, they're safe and protected. Um, so there wasn't a bit of happiness there. I know that Hustler wanted William Shatner to do DVD commentary for the Star Trek porno that just came out. William Shatner unfortunately said no. So now they wanted to kind of do a Boston legal one and sort of ask him again. <laughs> um, 
You know, I I, I know that... See, uh, the, I, reckon, I reckon there's an opening there for them to do a TJ Hooker one. Yeah, they and apparently want to do TJ retro. Hookers as well. Oh, just, you know, just put is. the S on the yeah, end. Nice. Yeah, See what they did there? Yeah. yeah. Just about prostitutes in Tijuana. But, it, the rest writes itself. <laughs> but it's whether this is successful. Because you were saying before it was, yeah, desperation. I thought it was like one of those kind of... Remember when McDonald's went through that period going, would you eat this? You know, like every ad campaign <laughs> seemed to be, McSouvlaki, how about that? <laughs> McPotato, perhaps? You know, it, there was and, like, then, and it turns out all, all anybody wanted was a bad cappuccino. Yeah, yeah, bad cappuccino was, was the answer. Um, really? Uh, People are buying those? Apparently. Mm-hmm. So I did wonder, yeah, if, if that was... Yeah, they were just desperate, but they weren't selling. But, but you're saying these are Selling, which is kind apparently of apparently the more than any other porno to the point that they're making sequels. So the not another Brady's has now two sequels. So, so is this like the new Girls Gone Wild? In as as far as porn goes, it's it's just people are going to be making television uh, so that there will be porn parodies of them, <laughs> and then that's going to help create. I, I, I don't know. It's, it just it seems like a weird cycle to me. Yeah, it's, just, it's like the Millennium logo it. with the snake eating its own tail and. Instead, it doesn't get cancelled by Fox. But um, it's <laughs> it's it's just weird to me. It's, I don't want to see Lance Hendrickson in a, in a porno. No. Although his career's at the point where he would probably star himself, and uh, no one wants that. He'd definitely do the commentary. Oh, he would, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh, yeah, he? but that'd sound great. <laughs> oh, Adam Christie, thank you so much for, uh, for, for coming in and enlightening us. I, I had no idea that there was this whole, this, this whole industry out there what are they going to do though when people get sick of the uh, of the parodies? That's that's what I don't. And and I mean that's that's a question that's more about porn than it is about television. Mm-hmm. But it, uh, that's that's what I just can't milk it while it's milkable. Making hay while the sun shines. Yes. Yeah. The the, the porn industry's been was was almost decimated by people not buying DVDs and videos and uh, all that sort of stuff. As much as like for example, um, look at uh, the HD DVD versus Blu-ray Wars, um, and uh, the porn industry went HD-DVD, which was what uh, killed uh, Sony's beta uh, tape format. Yep. Um, but that didn't happen this time in, in the war of the formats uh, between the high-definition... Because it's, it's just not a high-purchase item anymore. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so they're, they're getting in there online and it, it's actually easier for them now uh, to make pornos because of Viagra, interestingly. <laughs> so, so wait, the, the real question is, is, is will parodying sitcoms save the music industry's sales problems? <laughs> yeah. Like, and- will, will I see Lady Gaga starring in a 30 Rock parody, playing all the characters in various I, costumes? I, I think Lady Gaga thinks she's doing that now. I was think, that, a, was yeah, that uh, I think in her head. That, that's what her entire career is. She's surprised that no one else has got the joke. She's like, why is no one laughing? Why does no one laugh when I do these things? Says Lady Gaga. But there's that whole thing about uh, her being a hermaphrodite. Well, I have I have often wondered <laughs> well, what the difference well, okay. between uh, you know Lady Gaga and RuPaul was. <laughs> I don't uh, I, I don't see RuPaul's uh, supermodel was more catchy, I suppose. Oh, well, that's a that's, that's a fair point. And with that, we thank you, Adam Christo, for uh, enlightening us on the world of porn television parodies. And I'd, I'd just I'm thoroughly like to, confused. I'd just like to preface: I'm not an expert. It's kind of awkward to well, be associated. It was, with a, if you, it was a friend who told him all this. If you wanted yeah. to, uh, a friend at a Christian bookshop where we were having if coffee. You, can, can I just can I point out before we cut off your mic? This sucks. Uh, that uh, if, yeah, if you wanted to preface it, you should have said it at the beginning. That's that's a very valid point. Yeah, thanks, Adam.
Hi, this is Lawrence Mooney. I've been on the telly, and if you're into televisual delights, then there's only one show you need to be listening to, and that's Box Cutters. Get your ears into it. Earlier this year, for no reason whatsoever, uh, the CW started showing... The Country a- Western Channel? No. No, it's just it's just the name of a channel that has nothing to do with country and Western music. Nothing at all. What's, what does CW stand for? CBS Warner. What's the C stand for? Oh, the Warner Brothers. CBS. No, no. So it's got lots of Looney Tunes cartoons on. CW. We go through this every single time, John. Oh, we haven't gone through it for a long time. Not for a long time. Not properly. Because CW doesn't do enough that we bother reviewing to... No, I've actually just stopped mentioning it. Right. I've just stopped mentioning (laughs) it. But they uh, they started showing a new series of Melrose Place. Now, for those of you who are asleep in the 1990s, Melrose Place was a huge drama uh, that was uh, created by Darren Starr, uh, produced by Aaron Spelling's uh, uh, World Vision Productions. Uh, World Vision? That was Spelling's, Spelling Entertainment's, uh, one of their production arms. Really? Yeah. World Vision? Yes. The same as the charity? No, it's it says not affiliated with the charity in the title card. So I, I, really? I, I, I would have just said produced by Aaron Spelling, and you could have avoided all of this. Look, if, if the uh, World Wildlife Fund can... Uh, <laughs> Of wrestling can force the <laughs> WWF Wrestling Federation that's, to change their entire name. That's because Fair and Square, a panda beat Ric Flair in the ring. Yeah, take that. Ric so, Flair. you know, he, he was pinned. <laughs> panda and, uh, wins. Panda, panda wins. Nim Nim wins. World, World Wildlife Fund. They Fuck get pandas. They get. They get. It's a, no, I'm sorry. Ric Flair could not beat a panda. Anyway, CW early in the year, Melrose Place. I'm so much more interested in the fight between Ric Flair and Panda. I can't, I can't begin to tell you. So, uh, Darren Star had this. Darren Star, who you might know from producing Sex and the City, uh, had this huge hit with Melrose Place, which was uh, essentially a weekly soap opera about in the nineties. In the nineties, okay, yes, about on. one block of flats. Mm-hmm. Last year, the CW had some success with a remake of uh, Beverly Hills 90210. Although not, not really a remake, it's kind of a next generation It's set thing. in the future. It's set in the year 90210. No, no, that's just a postal code. <laughs> oh, I was hoping that was the year. No, no. That'd be that cool, was, That would be excellent. Yeah. They could talk about how Buck Rogers wasn't even real. <laughs> got it all wrong. <laughs> Embarrassing. Yeah. I know. Eric, go on. Uh, and, uh, and, and so they've got, you know... The, some of the characters from 90210 grew up and they're in the... Uh, so, so they wanted to do the same thing with Melrose Place. Uh, uh, unfortunately, some of the actors from Melrose Place, like Marsha Cross, very successful. Not coming back. So, yeah, I think you say, unfortunately, some of the actors were still available. Yeah. It's, it's true. They were. And uh, Dr. Michael Mancini makes an appearance in the, uh, in, in the first few episodes of... Uh, of so does the, the woman who plays Sydney, she makes an appearance. So, let's let's get into that. I've seen three episodes as, right. as a rule. Three declares. How many have you watched? These? Three. I've watched. That. Okay, so I'm you see more. I because I have to say this is interesting. When I was watching it, and I was watching it today, I really did get, get through it because I'm woefully underprepared for tonight's show. Um, we, we You're chose not the only one. We chose this partly because we were saying every time we go to review something recently, it ends up be either a, a half hour sitcom or a, a piece of genre TV like science fiction sort of you know, supernatural, because those seem to be the two most interesting kind of things well, and, and happening also, of late. But also thinking back to, uh, to the, the way the year has gone, those are also the things that have come out. I, I mean, mm. other, than, other than pop, uh, sorry, cop shows, yeah. 
other than cop shows, and we did do an awful lot of procedurals as yes. well during the year. Uh, then there's there there is nothing else. There is no straight drama. There is no Desperate Housewives this year. Mm. There is no one hour, uh, really good drama that's come out. So that's why we're giving this one a go. Interesting thing is, and I've got to say, I've never ever seen Melrose Place. In fact, right. I knew virtually nothing about it. I assumed this was a brand new series. So I found myself quite thrown by the fact that there are two characters who I'm apparently supposed to know yes. who I don't. Um, one of oh, whom, really? One of they whom, don't take into account new viewers? Not really, no. One of whom dies at the beginning and then it's kind of all about her. I mean, I guess the point is you don't need to know much about them apart from that they're soap opera type characters. It's, it, I think the, uh, the, old, the old characters are really just a lead-in for old viewers to, uh, to take part in this new series. Well, Sydney is dead at the beginning of the series, and that is kind of the, the driving... Yeah, but she has flashbacks where she has very bad acting. Yeah, but, but that is the driving in, in point. Very, very dark dark lighting, so you can't see uh, what her face actually looks like. It, it is curious, though, that even with the, the new characters, six minutes into episode one, because I checked the six episodes in, two characters that you've only just met have a fight about their relationship, and then one of them plays a montage to the other... To the uh, to the tune of Bright Eyes, uh, not the, the band Bright Eyes, not the song, um, which was kind of almost like this weird metatextual kind of parody on the show itself because it does love a montage to a family friendly alterno band. There is an awful lot of that going on. So is it like that scene in the OC that was taken the piss out of by Saturday Night Live with the music and and. See, that one I don't but, know. But I'm going to say yes, because I sure. suspect it is. Yeah, but it, it, with the shooting and they keep on shooting each other oh, and then yeah, the music yeah. comes oh, in. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, I have, yeah, it is a bit like that. There's a little bit like that going on. It does love a montage. And um, and it was kind of that weird thing of it. it I did feel like I, I was watching episode three at the beginning. I, I still can't decide whether that's good or bad. Like, it kind of throws you in going, here are the characters, you're off. It's it, You know what? It, it, it is the sort of show that you should be able to start watching. If you are into soap opera... Mm-hmm. Uh, Melrose Place should be the sort of show that you can start watching from any episode. And I think I was a little bit surprised. We've talked about other dramas. I've said they're disappointing because they are soap opera. And to me, uh, to me, uh, the difference is kind of that a soap opera is a show that goes on forever, has no real end beginning. You know, it's gonna, it's always in the middle. It's always yep. going to be in the middle. There's no particular storyline or arc or theme. I think it's more theme. There's never a theme to an episode of soap opera. It's just stuff that happens. It's, you know, it's stuff that happens without resolution. With a really good drama, um, especially now in the golden age we're living in, you kind of expect to go, well, that episode was about redemption. You know, well, that yep. episode was about you know, loss or something. Or, or that series was... Uh, supposed to be like a telenovela, and that yeah. series was supposed to be like this. And- so, Melrose Place, it's very much a soap opera. I'm not a fan of soap opera. I'm not really. And I, I, at first, I was thinking maybe I'm not really here to judge it. And, but the weird thing is, I found there was an awful lot to actually admire in it, even though I wasn't really enjoying it. I, I think the way it's shot is, is really nice. And this was this was something about uh, Melrose Place, as as opposed to 90210. 90210 was all about daylight. Oh, okay. Uh, and and was was always shot very much in, in the daytime mm-hmm. uh and anything that was shot at night uh w- was was very brief because there they were kids they lived their lives during the day and uh anything that happened at night Whereas was this is more the other way around isn't it and, this is- and and melrose was all about nighttime oh i see so melrose right. was always the nighttime show okay because so, found- so melrose, melrose was the grown-up show so things right. happened at night yeah because this has a lot of that it's got a, a- Quite a high contrast for, for a show. It uses a lot of focus, which is interesting. A lot of out-of-focus stuff in backgrounds and foregrounds. You don't see that much of in telly. Um, there's a really nice colour palette, which has very strong greens and a significant purples. A significant lack of tilt shift. There is a lack of that. Um, it, it's quite nicely shot. It's weird, weird, too, that the acting is so... It runs the gamut, yes. I think we can say. Some of the actors 
actually surprisingly good. Um, in particular, I want to say Stephanie Jacobson. I think I'm making that name up. Um, Australian Asian actress. Oh yeah, yeah, she's she's quite good. Um, who was in things like Headland and then went to America, where she actually gets good roles. And uh, you uh, mostly probably remembered for that. Uh, played uh, Kendra, I think it is in uh, the Battlestar Galactica spin-off thing. Uh, pay, the, the one-off telly movie one, oh, yeah, uh, yeah. Razor. Anyway, and she's great in that. She's great in this, I think, and it's because her storyline is she's wanting to be straight to be a doctor. Uh, the, the the financial crisis has uh, meant that her off-screen father, who we never need to see, he's there for plot purposes only, cannot pay her tuition. And so to get the tuition, she's end up being a high-class hooker. Which, curiously, the scripting, I've got to say, hats off, the scripting makes that quite convincing and does really clever things to reinforce why that happens. And, and, and there, are, there are some dodgy, some dodgy script moments, I'd say, in, in her storyline, mm-hmm. uh, where uh, she's, she's on the phone to the uh, registrar at, at her college saying things like, so... Let me get this straight. Oh, no, but she has also, she has the most fascinating moment in episode one. This really surprised me. She comes home from this date where this guy's basically offered to give her a lot of money for sex, and she's obviously pissed off about this. Goes to, hey, you obscure character I don't know very well. I've had a terrible night. A man offered to pay me a lot of money to have sex with him. And I thought, it's a really strange moment, that. And then episodes two and three, previously on Melrose Place, a man offered me a lot of sex to have money with him. And it's no, so no, other perfect. Way other way around. Oh, yeah, other way around. Um... <laughs> The the no, that's right. We um, could make beautiful money together. But but um but the weird thing is it's so perfectly used in the previous on I kinda of found myself going, did they write that in just so they had it for the previously on? Because that's you're assuming that it, that they just uh, approach this show with cynicism. Well, no, but it was it was so odd <laughs> that it's so perfect. I thought, is America that? I mean, because I'm impressed if they're that sort of forward thinking. Going, okay, every episode needs to recap immediately what's going on. Do we write a line in that's clumsy in the episode, but that is perfect for the next I, eight episodes? To I tell wouldn't you. be surprised if they thought people aren't going to watch the first episode mm-hmm. because maybe it was up against something else, or they didn't know. If the assumption is most people are not going to watch the first episode, most people are going to wait until there's some controversy and then they'll start watching it, which is what happened with the first Melrose plays. Right. Uh, then, uh, then they will not really need that first episode anymore. Yes. Then, yeah. Right. This isn't this isn't a buy it on DVD series. No. So the first episode is essentially throwaway. It's essentially all set up. And mm. uh, and no cost. But I was just about acting. She's, I think she's good, and I think her storyline is curiously interesting enough. Even though, yeah, another storyline is great, but that, mm. but that one, yeah, you can go with it. The the other actor I quite enjoyed was the the guy who's the the yeah. There's always the the cool geek. Now. The videographer. Yeah, there's always a cool geek character in these things. He's probably the guy who was the teacher in um, Swingtown. I don't know what else he's been in. Quite good. Kind of went with his story enough. Um, the the woman playing his now fiance has been lumbered with the most terrible storyline ever. I think she's actually an okay actor, but everything she does is just to create conflict with him. So, yeah, it's so, that, that whole that whole storyline thing is, is terrible. The very first five minutes, she goes, "Oh my god, you've forgotten our anniversary! How awful you've forgotten your anniversary!" And then he asks her to marry her because, in fact, it's all been pretending. And then she goes, "Oh, I don't know." And you're going, "Hang on, you were just complaining, and now you're going complaining the other way." And it's oh, and so obviously yeah, they've written her to do whatever. I don't say. Okay, and then the guy playing the bad boy is one of the worst actors. He's just so there terrible, are, terrible, terrible. There are three actors. So, so there, there are like four four main male roles i think uh in in the show and there's so there's the videographer mm-hmm. and then 
who was who was quite entertaining and and I kind of he believable. Reminds me, reminds me of, the, of the kid from the OC. Reminds me right, a little bit yeah, of that. Yeah. Uh, and then there are three guys, and I can't tell them apart. Well, this was the curious thing: cause the bad boys is a dreadful actor. The other guy who's the chef, who he was the only one I would possibly find attractive myself, because in certain shots he's forgotten to shave. But I did find. I actually occasionally, from scene to scene, could you, not... You like a man who wakes up late. Yes, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't remember who he was from scene to scene. So he'd walk in and I'd go, hang on, who's that guy at the barbecue? Oh, he's the chef. Okay. If, he's, I, if he's not wearing his chef outfit... You cannot hey, recognise him. You cannot tell who he is. And it's just bizarre that he's just so generic. And then, there, and he's. Um, I don't and is, is there a third one? I think well, there's a third one. The bad, the bad boy is the, is the son of, of the guy of from the original. Dr. Michael Mancini. Know. Um, and then there's, there's also, uh, is it Ashley Simpson? Yeah, Ash- Ashley Simpson. She's is, in there, but I don't know which one she is. She's, uh, she's uh, the one, she, she's the one who, uh, may or may not be Sydney's long lost daughter. Oh, I'm actually loving her. She's actually. Yeah, <laughs> actually, she doesn't, she doesn't last in the, uh, okay. she, she gets, she gets kicked out of the series later on. She's curiously compelling. Yeah. Well, one of the, one of the really interesting things about Melrose Place, uh, back when it started was it was not popular. It did not build the the audience that they thought they would build from having a, a slightly more adult nine hundred two one zero until they brought in Heather Locklear as the bitch from hell uh, to a, a, right. as a special guest star. And this has a bitch character in it. And curious, obviously, as far as acting goes, I think she's doing a good job with it. But it is like she's in a different show to everyone else. Yes, um, yes. but she's, I, I think she's I think she's quite good. I think the acting on on a whole. Not bad. It's weird, though, because it, it's obviously not... I kind of wonder whether it's... It's not good enough to actually be watchable on any kind of coherently this is a good show kind of way. But I'm kind of worried that it's... it's You know, because it's... Well, I'm saying if you're the kind of person who wants to watch you know, The Wire or Mad Men, you're not going to watch Melrose Place. It's no good on that level. Well, see, I think the original oh, no, just, was a series that stacked up against serious... Really? TV. Uh, okay. Yeah. No, but back, At that back, point? back well, then, back then there really we didn't was have a serious TV. There wasn't, wasn't much. Yeah, but I guess. People, people would gather in pubs and but, watch Melrose but my Place together. But I, Blues. but I don't think it's bad enough either necessarily to be good enough for a mainstream sort of audience. And it's not campy. Like I understand the original one was quite campy. This one's, it's quite straightforward. You don't, th- you don't think it? this is campy? Well, not really. Or it's not campy enough. It's like if it's meant to be campy. You know, it's so bad it's good kind of stuff. Then, then the 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 PR woman character you just mentioned is mm. is the thing they should all be kind of aiming for. But it's that thing of yeah. And there's one storyline about a character who was an alcoholic, and you're kind of going, really? The alcohol? I mean, you know, it's a bad thing in real life for this kind of drama. That's a bit boring, isn't it? Like, surely he should have been addicted to you know oxygen or something. Like, he should have had some kind of you know at least but a meth addiction. It, it does give him the uh, the opportunity to do a lot of. Uh Back when I was sober. Well, oh, the flashbacks, because oh. we mentioned before, the flashbacks in this, endlessly, people will be going, you know, um, oh, can you pass me that chicken? Oh, a chicken. <laughs> and they'll stare off in the distance. And then you get a flashback to when they were with Sydney chasing chickens on a farm or something. That, so with, with that, that kind of the, shenanigans going on. And then yeah. it comes, but then it comes back, and it's always this suggestion they've been standing motionless for about 12 minutes. Yeah, and no one's that, noticed. That guy, I, I don't know if you've noticed, in his flashback scenes guy. Uh, or bad boy guy, uh, you know, it's just that guy. Uh, in his scenes with uh, with Sydney, his flashback scenes with Sydney, he is never facing her. No, it's always always looking away and and talking to her 
while she is standing behind him. It's a metaphor. It's it's a metaphor. But- it's a metaphor for I'm reading my lines off this card, <laughs> or I can't look at you because you're too hideous, or I can't look at you because you make me, me laugh. laugh. Yeah, or- but with a lot of flashbacks like that, it, it, it sounds like. It's one of those typical soaps that take forever for any well, project it, yeah. progress to be made. It, mm. do, it does feel like, yeah, it feels like if you took an American daytime soap and made it exceptionally well in a kind of, you know, had the best people shooting it. And like, are they, are they good actors and, just you know, outrageously stretching out? I don't think wistful looks up into the distance. By episode three, there is this implication they're trying to kind of place everyone as a potential murderer, which is kind of fun. And I must admit, it's like, that, it's like Cluedo. Yeah, I must admit, as a ninety-minute film, I actually thought this could have been quite enjoyable. But yeah, but it just feels like like I don't know who the audience is going to be since it's not really good enough to be good. It's not really bad enough to be trashy and fun. It's because it, it's quite. I think it's quite serious. It's, I, it's taking I itself it's, quite seriously. I think it's for the for for the people who. Uh, have grown up thinking Paris Hilton is the shit and, uh, and just want some bitchiness. But I'm worried it's too boring for them because it won't be bitchy enough. I think for that kind of person, you might want it to be like more, bigger more like and Gossip camper. Girl. Yeah, and- yeah, that's what I mean. I can't sort of see what it's offering. It's, it's not doing very well in, in the States. And, uh, and so what they've decided to do is bring Heather Locklear into the show. Oh, really? Yes. Because oh, that always sol- that always saves a program, doesn't it? If a program's doing bad, then you bring in Heather Locklear. It goes forever and ever and ever. No, that's what happened to Melrose Place. Yeah, but every other show they've brought in Heather Locklear into since then. Didn't they do it with Jag at one point? Mm, they I'm- did it with Spin City. It worked fine with Spin City. Okay, because that's still going. Uh, but Well, <laughs> but the... Uh, uh, but yeah, they, they did that with, uh, with with Melrose Place, and it just went on forever. And every week, she was special guest star. Every week, from like the eighth episode where she first appeared mm-hmm. until the end, which was also Joan Collins's role in uh, in in Dynasty, and that Jonathan guy in Lost in Space, who said I've just forgotten again, Doctor Smith. Yeah, Doctor Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sorry, yeah, Heather, Brett, Heather Locklear you, is Doctor Smith. Did you have uh, <laughs> Did you have more questions about Melrose Place? Uh, no. Well, that's Melrose Place. You can. Sound, uh, it sounds pretty weak. I'm sure it's going to appear on you know Go or One. Nice cinematography. It does. It does look. It does mm. look very nice. The the scripts are quite weak. I think uh, if it had Darren Starr's hand in it, it might be a little bit better. But he's doesn't seem to have anything to do and with hopefully it. from here on in we'll go back to sitcoms and uh, science fiction shows <laughs> yeah we did this for you people we did this for you Rob Boxcutter sent us a text message that says, please tell John Richards, just tell him yourself. Mm. Anyway, please tell mm. John Richards, I know a real person who is not only fluent in Klingon, he translated Hamlet into it. Thank you, Rob. Rob Boxcutter. Did you want to know what that was in regard to? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, d- I did. Okay. Weirdly enough, that's actually a letter to the Outland Institute that you've just read <laughs> is out. Is it? Yeah. Um, is it? Uh, on the Outland Institute, which... Uh, Adam Christou, Adam C., who's here before, he uh, presents Crimes Against Pop, the segment at the end where we play a, a, a appalling records, which is quite fun. Do they have anything to do with porn? Uh, not usually, but okay. they can. Uh, and I should say, actually, last week's show, which you know, you've obviously missed, but it will be podcasted in about a week's time, uh, Craig McLaughlin came on and played Klaus Wunderlich, 
who played a lot of re- records involving organs. Uh, having an organ in the 70s, we played Klaus Wunderlich's theme to Shaft. And, which, and for, for anyone who likes uh, the, the pun on organ. Uh, yeah, there's plenty of that. Because yeah. Josh was in, in on that moment. And you've got to admit, theme from Shaft by Klaus Wunderlich. Genius! Genius. Anyway, um, so you'll be able to hear that. Adam played a week or two ago. Um, he's called Klingen M. He is a German ah, gentleman yes. who raps the hits of Eminem in Klingon. Were you talking about that off air or was that on the show last week? It was. Well, we were also talking about Klingon last week. Out. Yeah, I, but I think we were talking this, about Star Trek Day versus uh, versus Doctor Who. Yeah, Day. but I think this might be a reference to the fact that on on the institute we mentioned. You know, I said, you know how, how everyone. You always get told you can study Klingon. And I said, but do you think maybe people just claim to say they can speak Klingon? Perhaps they're just lying. Perhaps people just go, oh, I speak Klingon. And everyone goes, oh, they're so clever they can speak Klingon. Because you've never actually met anyone in real life who's spoken Klingon. I don't know anyone who speaks Klingon. And I know a lot of people who are nerds. And but you've never gone to Comic-Con. I've never. That's true. And you know there's an institute for the Klingon language. But, in but the maybe UK. they're all pretending. That's again, maybe they're all pretending. I think and, they actually have proper Well, this is hence, hence Rob Boxcutter's. Letter to say, no, no, I actively know someone who really does speak Klingon. It's It's true. It's the new Esperanto. It's the new Esperanto. Brett, what have you got there? Uh, From David Sidwell. He hasn't given uh, himself a nomenclature along the box cutters. David David box cutter. Or (laughs) Davo box cutter. Davo. Day Sid box. Says, hey again. Not sure about you, but I've given up hope on the long-promised Freeview EPG. I think they said it would be here next year, but who knows the format or how locked down the only devices that don't skip ads it will be. I know one of you was on IINet. Did you see this about Fetch TV? Uh, I, Pay I TV was, via the internet? I will say no, I, I did not. I, I'm, You're on IINet? Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm was previously. IINet. Oh, uh, Telstra intends to... Yeah, I, I did actually see... I didn't see it on Whirlpool, but uh, Telstra is intending to, to launch a thing called T-Box next year, which is not as rude as it sounds, uh, and it is an IPTV box that uh, that you can uh, just look at look at television on your, on your TV hook, through hook IPTV. Hook into your ADSL modem. Yes, and is that is so it goes it goes it goes through uh, through through your ISP, uh, IINet are on board. Uh, there's not a lot of information about. The, so is that uh, so Telstra is this, wanting to but I'll, take I'll put the a link up on the blog. for its own? I'm saying is this free, free to air television through the box? I'll put a link. I'll put, okay. I'll, I'll put, remember before when I said no, I hadn't seen that. Yeah, that you, I just you still haven't. Yeah, seen it. still haven't okay. seen it. But I will they, put a link to that uh, article. That uh, that is referenced via Whirlpool and up on the blog. Have they arranged for that content to be not part of the uh, cap for the ISP? I imagine he they will because they've been using that as part of their court case recently. But yes, he doesn't understand. That. What's your next letter? Whole, What's your, uh, just well, TPG has been have been uh, trialling uh, IPTV for its users uh, on a free basis for at least two years that I know of. Mm-hmm. Uh, Josh, and you don't have to have any special T box from Telstra. Long trial, long trial. Josh, well, it's maybe ACMA's doing it. <laughs> Does take them a few years to get stuff done. Josh uh, doesn't take Peter Allen though time oh, to, uh, to to get stuff up. I'm wondering if his name is Pe- Peter Allen, or no, it is because regards Peter, or if it was Alan Peter. Yeah, sometimes companies just switch around the names. But sometimes and, uh, you say it regards Canal. I d- no, I don't. Richards. What? Uh, no, but I, I do put regards canal occasion when I'm writing letters that appear to be from Josh. Yes. <laughs> but he doesn't know about them, so don't. don't shh, shh, shh. 
Anyway, so Peter Allen writes, uh, Josh, I'm, I'm going to try to make this as stern as possible because it's clearly a stern letter. Josh? Josh! Regarding the Foxtel rant you went on with, mate, swallow some concrete and harden up. Thank you, Peter Allen. That was my point too, wasn't it? Yeah, I remember doing the show. It, no, your, your point was I sounded like an old man. An old man wouldn't know about EPGs. He'd still be talking about gramophones. I can't get the television show on my gramophone. Anyway, go on. I can't tune my crystal set. <laughs> he says, who cares? With four question marks. So it's a mega question. If you were willing to continue to pay for TV and put up with these Foxtel issues and the ads where well, you only have yourself to blame... While going on about Foxtel, I noticed a lot of your reviews recently now cover shows on pay TV. Is there a reason for this? Don't get me wrong. The reviews are great. Sorry, stops being angry there. The reviews are great and allow me to look into shows that I would otherwise not see. If you ever get yourself a new TV, you will notice that new TVs give you an EPG as well. Keep up the great work, box cutters. Regards, Peter. So, TVs do. Uh, well, I think he's talking about the uh, the uh, the single channel EPG that you get on digital television. Are they still around? The single like, channel EPGs. Well, you do. You, you can you can scroll forwards and backwards and see what's what's coming yeah, up next and cool. and, yeah. okay, and yeah, what happened yeah, yeah, pre- yeah. previously. So yes, there there is that. Not uh, previously. They won't let you see what was just on. Oh no, they, they won't. No, no. no. Sorry, what's well, coming up next? <laughs> if you missed it, too yeah. freaking no, bad. No, they're looking forward to the future, Brett. To the yeah, future. To the future. To the year 90210, when we will all be robots. <laughs> and make fun of Buck Rogers. Yes. <laughs> For uh, his archaic ways. And, the, uh, and, and yes, I do only have myself to blame because I do continue to give them money, but I also do like whinging about it. Uh, and, uh, and, yeah, well, a, that, a lot that, of reviews... They've locked away so much... Uh, an amount of good content... That so so that you are forced if you want to watch that good content legally legitimately then you have to give them money for it and they have the freedom to be able to treat you shabbily. Yeah, during during winter I do use it a lot for baseball. I do get to watch a lot of baseball through, and I'm I'm willing to pay that premium. Uh, on the uh, on the note of us reviewing shows that are largely on cable, uh, they are largely on cable, but they are largely on cable in the US. Uh, and often not available here at all. I think generally, uh, and we've sort of talked about this, but the idea, I think, is, this comes back to that whole television, the content, you know, versus television, the box in your room, that when we review stuff, I no longer pay any attention to where well, or when it's showing. It's you don't like, even have an aerial. I don't. I actually can't. I mean, I can't pick up free to television, but, but it's more like that thing of, to me, the, the TV content has been liberated so much from that actual broadcast model that, you know, often, I mean, often things are out here on DVD, people watch them on box sets, I think more often than they watch them on telly. I, 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 would, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if more people saw Mad Men here on DVD. Oh, yeah. Yeah, than saw it on telly. Well, that's, that's, how, people, that's how people saw Deadwood. Uh, I, I know everyone just watched Deadwood on DVD. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah, so, so I think what we're doing here is a service, and I think you appreciate that, Peter Allen, and uh, we appreciate the fact that you, the, that you appreciate it. Everyone's happy. Brett. Oh, have I got another one? Yes. I was doing, I, I was doing the cat one. Yes. Uh, from Cat Tosi, uh, we have, hi guys, been listening for about three months now and your podcast is my number one fave. Thank you, Cat. That's, uh, that, 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 makes me feel, that makes me feel good. Yeah. Especially after being, uh, you know, chided and then, uh, and, and then patted on the back by Peter. 
I'm a bit confused. But now, number one fave, happy. No, Peter was right. He said that, you know, you whinging about EPGs is boring. That's, that's all he was saying. Fair point, Peter. He wasn't saying it was boring. He was saying I should just shut up. Yeah. Because you're boring. Cat continues. So as for the requiring disabled roles to be left for disabled people, I can't deny that as a chunky monkey, my euphemism for being a bit fat, and oh, when, not, when I watched... Not an actual monkey. Nor an ice cream. Uh, when I watched <laughs> Mini Driver in Circle of Friends, I don't remember that show. No, no, it was, no, it was a, a film. It was a it's film. I was, was in film. Okay. That's different. And thought she was such a... You a room with lots of other people. You have to leave the house. Watch it. Powerful yeah. role model. Chubby but sexy and funny and then was disappointed to find out that she's really stick thin and had gained weight for the role. I thought at the time, why couldn't they just hire a chubby but sexy actress? They have... They have to be out there, but I'm not going to protest and decline to watch movies because they don't. Also, Heath Ledger isn't a gay cowboy, but that didn't mean he wasn't great in Breakback Mountain. Being non-discriminatory means that people with disabilities, different sexualities and fatties shouldn't be left out of the chance to be in a role if they're suited for the role. Not that they should be the only ones who can go for the role. Now that, look, this was really interesting letter from Kat, and also I thought generally on the blog there was a couple of discussion. It was interesting because we, we mentioned this almost in passing last week. Sort of well, I did at on. the end of the episode before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was kind of like you know, a couple of episodes we sort of mentioned in passing this idea of, of you know, there's, there's been controversy in, in America about Glee having a, um, uh, an able-bodied woman playing a no, disabled... No. A, a man. Man. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I've actually never watched Glee, so I'm just, I'm just going with it. Okay. An able-bodied man playing a disabled woman. That is confusing. <laughs> um, but it was kind of... Um, it was interesting how much response we've been getting from that and, and people commenting on that. And when Kat wrote this, and I thought, that's actually a really interesting point as well, that if you ever see fat people on telly, or fat women in particular, television and film, they're usually thin women who have to fat up. I don't remember Which the, is one, the, uh, the fuss being made about Mini Driver, but Renee Zellweger. Renee so, Zellweger. Yeah, for, put on so much yeah, um, Tony Collette for Muriel's Wedding. Wedding. Who was it that played um, the US Kim? Then, uh, yeah, who, who apparently uh, put some weight on. Not that you could tell. No. But, um, but this whole no, thing but you of, couldn't see her bones was her, oh, her yeah. comment. Uh, but this whole thing that, that, you know, you can't have fat women on television. But if you have a thin woman who's put weight on, that's okay because we know they're not real. But and then, this is my same thing with, with gay Cameron, roles too. Ca- Cameron Manheim. Uh, there was Nell Carter. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but also uh, in, uh, in, in, in Dollhouse... Uh, one of the uh, one of the dolls is this beautiful curvaceous doll. She's she's actually real human sized, mm-hmm. not not stick thin, and it really stands out. Well, um, so in in Buffy, um, and I forgot the actress's name who played Tara. People were apparently writing letters about how grotesque she was and how hideous. And there's a, there's one scene I remember where she's sitting next to Buffy on this this wide shot, and it's she just looks enormous. You then see her in real life, and she's completely normal size. Everyone else in Buffy was like, "Daddy, daddy, daddy." Oh no, no, I think I think it's just Tara was a terrible character, and everybody hated her. I like Tara. I like Tara. Yeah, you I, would. I do. I like her. You would I like, like her. Tara. Uh, series four, my favorite. There you Can go. I say when, t- when Tara was shot? I oh danced. no, 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 no! You shut your mouth, Canal. You shut your mouth. Dance. No, no, I love her. Don't pick on her. I jumped. I, I that, literally that Kennedy, jumped. That hussy coming in, willing her way into Willow's affections when Willow loved Tara. Anyway, um, but it, it is interesting. This thing of, of people seem much happier. I think in many ways to watch uh, someone who who doesn't have the disability, who isn't fat, who isn't gay, pretending to be those things because it's much safer than I, actually. I, I wanted to talk because because I was thinking about this after we got cats. Cat's letter. Last week you said you're uh, working with the uh, ABC at, at, at the moment uh, on a show where there is a character who is uh, Aboriginal in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. Are you not worried 
that uh, b- because people do arc up about about lots of things that that you might just think oh it's just the character uh that the only it's it's she the only aboriginal character she is yeah, yeah. i mean they, and she's and she's one of the only women in in the she's, show she's the only woman she's the only woman in the show yeah. and she's an aboriginal and she's, and she's, an she's in a wheelchair are you not are you not tying all your tokenism into it, into one it is partly the point there was also an asian character although we've just had meaning remove that character so i'm um, i'm actually now hoping we can we can make one of the you other see, characters you see a doctor for that so asian. do you think that was maybe also an issue in uh, secret life of us with deb marwin that she was the token. She was, she was a bit chubby and she, she was, was the, Aboriginal. She was the chunky Aboriginal. The chunky monkey. But certainly, I mean, as the, there is kind of, that is sort of a point we're kind of trying to make as well. Also, because this is a, a show. Uh, oh, it's a fine line. Fine line. It is John a fine is line. A it fine, is a fine line. line. Well, the other thing too is originally there was an Asian just, character. That's just what you yelled at me yeah, last week. When there was, I was this Aboriginal one. The idea was also because this is a show about gay characters in which being gay is no, not the issue at all. And in fact, we try and avoid kind of even mentioning it. It's like they're all gay. It's being science fiction fans are ashamed of. That's that's kind of what we're trying to go with there. And she does get to you know have a have a moment talking about James Baldwin, the writer, not the guy from Thirty Rock, who famously no, was that's a, no, J- James James Baldwin is in Firefly. Yeah, who was asked about whether or not being gay and black, he felt he was doubly cursed, and he said he felt he'd won the jackpot. So that's kind of what we're trying to go with her as well. That she she in fact is is everything great. You see. But yeah, but it's kind of intriguing. It's it's intriguing this thing of of um, and then we actually also, also there we got a reference. Someone sent us an article about a new Channel Four sitcom called Offcasts. I want to yeah, say that which we will be reviewing, um, which is a, a sitcom about a group of disabled characters in which everyone is actually played by someone with the disability, and that's kind of intriguing in itself. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm, I'm looking yeah. forward to that. So that's letters to box cutters. You can send them to hooray at boxcutters.net. If you watch one thing. We, we, we did that thing again where we started talking about something really, really interesting way too late in the show. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, and then just, you know, blew out time. So, Brett, if you're going to watch one thing this week. Uh, I would watch, and I didn't even uh, realise that this had started on Channel 10. Quick, White Colour. Started last week. Started last week. White Colour. 8.30, Tuesday nights, 1st of December, the 10 Network, with Matthew Bomer. Uh, You did mention uh, Adam Baldwin. Adam? Oh, so ja- no. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's, it's Adam. He said James Baldwin. I thought he meant Adam Baldwin. He actually meant James Baldwin, the, the writer. writer. Who's in Chuck. That, that's why I said the writer, James Baldwin. Matthew yeah. Bomer was uh, also in Chuck. He played uh, the, the – oh, now I can't think of his name. Uh, but uh, he plays this uh, white-collar criminal who's uh, busted out to help the FBI find other uh, con men, white-collar criminals, fraudsters not, type stuff. Is, also, is Natalie ca- Morales, who was ca- uh, the the uh, apprentice in middleman. The Middleman. Uh, Captain uh, – it's not Captain Awesome? No, not Captain – no, 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 Bryce. 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 Who actually uh, sent the message, sent uh, yeah, the disc yeah, yeah. To, to Chuck. And uh, I, do, I do like Natalie Morales as well. So that's – uh, mine is also uh, on uh, Tuesday the 1st of December at 11 p.m. on Channel 7 – the pilot to Parks and Recreation. Mine's the also pilot. on Tuesday, the 1st of December. Uh, at 9 o'clock, I'm going to be looking poignantly out a window. Really? Because you could be watching more episodes of The Wire. No, I'm going to be like Meryl mm-hmm. Streep. I'll be looking out a window, pensively. You mean... You With mean, radiation sickness. You mean James, Maybe. Ma- James Stewart. Or James Spader. It's a fact. There's no window. That's uh, if you watch one thing this week. Hey, um, when I cast my pod... 
it's with the box cutters in mind. Box cutters. Pod. Cast. Done. Pork is on the table. And that brings us to the end of Box Cutters, episode 205. What, what are we up to? Are we really running that late? Yes. I want to say thanks very much to Adam Christou. Uh, and for, you can, you can hear him on the radio this Friday, the last oh, episode of, of season one. The very last episode of season one of the Outland Institute on Joy 94.9, mid two. Uh, I th- believe you'll be there. Josh I will. Canal. I will. Um, and yes, Adam C will be there. Podcast will keep going, but this is this is the final for this year's on air. Oh, is there going to be cake? The, the, we'll try. We could try and kill Glenn Dunks again. Oh, excellent! So nut cake. Yeah, cake full of nuts because we nearly killed our film guy last week. Let's see if we can do it again this week. Maybe every week I should try and kill the film guy. Ah, oh, nice one. That's cool. It, it could be like your, your Spinal Tap drummer joke. <laughs> So thank you very much to Adam for coming in and enlightening us on uh, on the world of porn parody television shows or mm. something. His, uh, his parents must be proud. He, they, they must be. They must be so. <laughs> uh, Brett knows a lot more about porn than Adam does. I've worked in it. I and can't t- help that. It's true. He has. He no. has actually. I have. They've given me money to work in the porn industry. What, what was your name when you were working in the porn industry? No, no, no I, I wasn't. I wasn't telling. Oh no! no. Of, he co- was, of course you weren't. I wasn't he on was, screen. He weren't. was cropper the mopper. <laughs> Until... Bring that cum rag over here, will you? Oh. <laughs> That's what they always said to me. See, too far. I'm not saying that to you. Just step back. Until, Until, wasn't really. Until next week. My name is Josh Canal. <laughs> I'm John Richards. <laughs> I continue to be breadcrumbs. Really? Because you should be a little bit embarrassed. Maybe you should give it a break for a while, and then uh, and then just come back next week as as Brett Cropley. In the meantime, just you know, be someone else. Hey, do you like it like that? No. <laughs> Catch us again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters thanks 3RRR, whose studios we use to record this podcast pretty much each and every week. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you're in the Melbourne metro area. If you enjoyed this podcast, please go onto the iTunes Music Store or anywhere else you find us and leave a review. It will help other people find Box Cutters and then they can enjoy it too. Email us at hooray at boxcutters.net or via SMS on 0458 288 837. That's 0458 CUTTER. Hey, here's a question for you. Yes, Brett Crockley does take it too far sometimes. Yeah, the fake courtyard in Melrose Place. Yes. Did it not look exactly like the fake courtyard from Chuck? No. Oh, okay, because I found that confusing. No. Oh, that's because you never saw me. It, it, it is j- just the fake courtyard from Melrose Place. It's identical. Did they use the same set for uh, Melrose Place and singles? No. Did they use the same set for singles and Chuck? Yes. Next question. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to or have just missed Box Gutters.